you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. A warning, this episode includes depictions of body horror, violence, and a brief mention of suicide. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. If you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or loved one, or would like emotional support, help is available. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 to speak with a counselor today. In a secret facility in an undisclosed location, an elderly man is being held under maximum security. The old man is under 24-hour surveillance, sealed within a containment cell made of 40 layers of lead-lined steel. No personnel are permitted to travel within 60 feet of the cell for security reasons and no physical interaction with the man is allowed at any time because while the being inside the cell, SCP-106, appears as a human male, it's anything but. Its body is covered in decaying grayish-black skin that looks like rotting meat. It climbs walls and hangs from the ceiling before pouncing on its prey like a spider. This anomaly is very difficult to contain due to its ability to secrete a highly corrosive mucus, which can burn through metal doors and walls and dissolve human flesh. It's said to abduct victims between the ages of 10 and 25 to an alternate pocket dimension where it possibly feeds on them. For all of these reasons, any corrosion observed on staff members within roughly 660 feet of SCP-106 are to be reported to site security immediately. Any objects or personnel lost to SCP-106 are to be deemed missing or killed in action. No recovery attempts are to be made under any circumstances. This is just one example of the many entities and anomalies under the watchful eye of a mysterious global establishment that strives to protect mankind by any means necessary. What exactly does this operation stand for? What are its goals and procedures? And the most pressing question, does it even exist? Stay with us as we discuss the shadowy clandestine organization known as the SCP Foundation. I'm Jaden McKell, and you're listening to Straight Up Enigmas.
listeners. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoy the show, please head over to Apple Music and leave us a review. It really helps out our podcast. Connect with us on social media, where we post each episode as it airs. We're proud to be a member of the Straight Up Strange Network. I'll include a link to the network's Facebook page in the show notes. If you'd like to support our podcast, please check us out at patreon.com slash straightupenigmas to receive bonus content, shoutouts on social media, personalized messages from me, and early access to our regularly scheduled episodes. Remember that because our episodes are bi-weekly, our next episode will be on October 13th. After that, our spooky 13 Nights of Halloween series will run from October 18th through October 31st. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. The SCP Foundation is an organization made of scientists, researchers, agents, and special forces dedicated to secure, contain, and protect any and all anomalous objects, entities, creatures, and locations. Essentially, strange things that don't fit in with our perception of reality and some things that pose an apocalyptic-type threat to all human life. They refer to these contained anomalies as SCPs, each of which is followed by a number. An SCP can range from harmless, or even helpful, to extremely dangerous if ever released. Like the Men in Black, the Foundation works in secret knowing the pandemonium it would cause if any of the entities they harbor ever became public. Take, for example, SCP-500. SCP-500 is a small plastic canister, which contains 47 red pills. One pill, when taken orally, effectively cures the subject of all diseases within two hours, the exact time depending on the severity and amount of the subject's conditions. Despite extensive trials, all attempts at synthesizing more of what is thought to be the active ingredient of the pills have become unsuccessful. SCP-500 has even been recorded to cure the effects of other SCPs. A pill that has the power to cure all disease, from the common cold to cancer, is priceless, especially today with the spread of COVID-19. Society would fall into unimaginable chaos if they ever found out about SCP-500. Trying to decide who got to take one of the 47 pills would be an impossible decision. The SCP Foundation is entrusted by governments around the globe, which places them above international law. Virtually, there is no human authority above the Foundation. 
in order to help them categorize the thousands of strange and horrifying entities under their watch, the Foundation has created a system that organizes the SCPs based on the difficulty of containing them. The first of the primary object classes is SAFE, pertaining to SCPs that require little, if any, resources to safely and properly contain. Examples include the previously mentioned SCP-500 pill bottle and SCP-1733, a digital recording of the 2010-2011 NBA season opening game played at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts on October 26, 2010 between the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat. Agents monitoring social networking sites were alerted to SCP-1733 when a Boston resident complained in a Facebook thread about a technical foul in the third quarter involving players Ray Allen and Chris Bosch that never happened in the original broadcast. Foundation agents embedded in Facebook's team deleted the thread and found the IP addresses of all individuals present in the chat to locate and administer amnestics, or amnesia-inducing agents. I like to think they're similar to the neuralizer devices used by the men in black when wiping witnesses' memories. Studies of the recording have shown that the players are virtually indistinguishable from their real-life counterparts in talent, behavior, and mannerisms on court. Fans in the crowd also appear to be real human beings in all respects. The second primary object class is Euclid, which refers to any anomaly that requires more resources to contain completely or where containment isn't always reliable. This is the broadest class, and the majority of sentient, sapient, or autonomous anomalies fall into this category. One example is SCP-426, a toaster that can only be referred to in the first person. Another is SCP-1171, a home whose windows are always covered in condensation. By writing in the condensation on the glass, it's possible to communicate with an extra-dimensional entity whose windows are also covered in condensation. This entity bears significant hostility towards humans, but does not know that the Foundation members are humans. One last example of a Euclid-class anomaly is SCP-3008, an IKEA store that has an infinite interior space with no outer physical bounds, causing prospective customers to be trapped after they become lost within the pocket-dimensional world. It contains a rudimentary civilization formed by those customers who are forced to defend themselves against humanoids 
designated as SCP-3008-2, which resemble IKEA employees and become aggressive during the night. The next primary object class is Keter, described by the Foundation as anomalies that are exceedingly difficult to contain consistently or reliable. This means that any containment procedures are very extensive and complex. This can be because the anomaly is very dangerous or defies perceptions of reality or the laws of physics. Examples include the previously mentioned SCP-106, or Old Man. Another is SCP-035, a white porcelain comedy mask that can change to tragedy, and any photos, video recordings, or illustrations of SCP-035 will change based on its facial expression. A dark, corrosive substance oozes from the eyes and mouth, but has no known source, as nothing can be seen from behind to indicate how it's being produced. It can corrode anything organic or inorganic, breaking it down into a pool of the substance. Anyone within 5-6 to six feet of the mask or in visual contact with it will have a strong urge to put it on. If an individual were to put SCP-035 on, they would immediately become brain dead. Then the consciousness of SCP-035 will take over the individual's body. Hosts of SCP-035 decompose at a highly accelerated rate to the point where motion is no longer possible. It doesn't affect animals, but it can take control of objects with a humanoid shape, such as mannequins, statues, and corpses. Conversations with SCP-035 have been very informative as the anomaly has claimed to have been present during significant moments throughout history. SCP-035 seems to be highly intelligent and charismatic, acting friendly and flattering to anyone who interviews it, but it uses this personality to manipulate people. It can convince people to commit suicide it can convince people to take their own life or turn them into mindless servants just by talking to them. The most highly classified primary object class of all is the Thaumiel, which consists of SCPs used to contain other SCPs. Examples range from SCP-4006, the entire state of Massachusetts, to SCP-7000-J, a book of Latin spells bound in dinosaur skin that can summon other entities. There are also SCPs that have been neutralized 
or destroyed because they're too dangerous or cannot be contained. For instance, SCP-2912 designates three humanoid organisms resembling circus clowns whose remains are preserved in individual cryogenic storage units. The last of the three entities resembles a biological human more closely than the first two. The appearance of face paint is part of its natural appearance. Laughter was apparently its only form of vocalization. This noise triggered uncontrollable laughter among its listeners, lasting for 6 to 32 hours. An ability to create cream pies seemingly out of thin air was another strange characteristic of the anomaly. The ability to create cream pies seemingly out of thin air was another strange characteristic of the anomaly. We'll be back right after this. Thank you to our sponsor, Best Fiends. After listening to this episode, you may want to take a deep dive on the internet to read up on more about mysterious creatures and organizations. Well, when you need to take a break from all that paranormal research, what I do when I need a mental palate cleanser is play the mobile puzzle game Best Fiends. It's so much fun exploring the world of Minutia with its darling and dauntless inhabitants. I love to collect Best Fiends, level them up, discover their special powers, and battle the slugs of Mount Boom. Best Fiends is a casual game, so it doesn't stress me out, which is perfect these days. But it still really challenges my brain because it's a puzzle game, and you know how much I love solving puzzles. Best Fiends has thousands of fun levels, special missions, and tons of super adorable characters to collect. They've created a whole world right on my phone. It's bright and colorful with great graphics, and there's a story behind each character. Jean, the toe-tapping showbiz centipede, wears a charming little bowler hat, and I love his special converter block skill. Best Fiends never gets old. There are new in-game challenges and events every month, so you'll never be bored. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi, so it's perfect to pick up when you're in the drive-thru or waiting to get your groceries that you ordered online. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. There's a feeling we get when passing ghost stories around a fire or sharing legends of fantastical beasts, both amazing and terrifying. 
The mere mention of the otherworldly beings that surround us are enough to make even the bravest amongst us shudder with fear. But these stories are as essential to our cultures as the languages we speak and the food we share. These fables of the unknown have become an integral part of our history and the foundation of our society today. And as frightening as these creatures might seem, we cannot help but wonder what they are and where they come from. Stories of the supernatural, whether of spirit or beast, will always find a home within our minds. For nothing haunts us more than that which we cannot explain. Hello, my name is MJ McAdams, part-time shadow person, full-time supernatural seeker. Welcome to Humble Hauntings, where the lovers of the unknown can pull up a seat and make themselves at home. I invite you to join me on a quest to explore the supernatural creatures that have bound themselves to our history and unveil the world's most heart-stopping haunts. Haunts that could be as close as your front door. Because after all, home is where the haunt is. The actual structure of the SCP Foundation is surprisingly transparent, with personnel classifications ranging from Class A to Class E. Class A personnel are considered crucial to the strategic operations of the Foundation, and therefore are not allowed to be in direct contact in any way with any of the SCPs. Due to potential risks, Class B personnel are essential to operations at SCP test sites and are only permitted to be in contact with SCPs deemed to be relatively safe. Class C personnel are field agents that have much more direct contact with the SCPs. By doing so, they often put themselves at great risk. Class D personnel are used as test subjects to discover more about the more dangerous anomalies on the SCP register. Lastly, Class E personnel are individuals that have already been exposed to the potentially dangerous effects of an unknown anomaly. They're placed under quarantine until deemed fit to return to work, or terminated depending on the results of their observations. In terms of who's in charge at the SCP Foundation, at the top of the pyramid are the O5 Council members, Class A personnel who have total clearance in overseeing all Foundation operations. There is plenty of information about the Foundation online, which most people assume is pure fiction. The first internet entry relating to the Foundation can be traced back to 4chan in 2007, 
where the first account of a special containment procedure surfaced. A post referencing SCP-173 was made in a paranormal forum describing a bizarre statue constructed from concrete and rebar with traces of Krylon brand spray paint to resemble a humanoid figure with red, green, and black symbols on its face. The post described that the object couldn't move while within a direct line of sight, but the instant eye contact is broken, the statue comes to life and attacks. Much like the weeping angels in Doctor Who, the viral explosion of SCP-173 led to a massive fan base, several artistic renderings of the statue, homemade figures, and fanfiction. The creature has even made its way into the gaming world via Spore and Minecraft. The SCP viral boom inspired multiple new entries, each describing a specific SCP subject. So many, in fact, that within a year, the SCP Foundation established its own wiki to catalog them. The following are just a few more of the more chilling SCPs. SCP-087 is an unlit staircase in an unidentified building which appears to be bottomless, or at least extends far below the foundation of the building itself. The stairwell is said to absorb the light from lower powered light sources, making it impossible to see more than a few yards below, but even powerful lighting fails to illuminate beyond a certain point. Some audio recordings from the location contain faint, childlike cries, but all attempts to find the source of the sound have been unsuccessful. Photographs taken during explorations of the stairwell have revealed a pale, blank-eyed human face without a mouth, pupils, or nostrils in the distance. SCP-049 is an entity about 6 feet 2 inches in height, which resembles a medieval plague doctor. While SCP-049 appears to be wearing thick black robes and a ceramic mask, x-rays seem to indicate that the garments have actually grown out of SCP-049's body which looks like a humanoid skeletal structure. While the doctor is usually polite and cooperative with Foundation staff, it can become irritated or aggressive if it feels that it's in the presence of what it calls the pestilence. SCP-049 will become hostile with individuals it thinks are affected by the pestilence and will generally attempt to kill any such individual. The entity is capable of causing all biological functions of an organism to cease through direct skin contact. 
the anomaly will usually try to then perform a crude surgery on the corpse using tools contained within a black doctor's bag it carries on its person at all times. While these surgeries are not always successful, they often result in the creation of reanimated corpses known as SCP-0492s. They've actually recorded an interview between the creature and a Dr. Raymond Ham that you can listen to at scpwiki.com. But I have to warn you, while SCP-049 is capable of communicating in a very human way, there's a strange sense of unease that you experience while listening to its voice. SCP-1983 is a one-story farmhouse in Wyoming. It was abandoned in 1968 after a series of ritual murders supposedly performed by a satanic cult. If an individual enters the farmhouse without leaving the front door open, it is very difficult to ever exit. Doors that should lead to the front room instead lead to other doors inside the building, essentially turning the anomaly into a nightmarish maze filled with shadow figures. These tall, terrifying creatures are highly aggressive and will engage any human on sight. If a figure comes into contact with a human, they will extend an upper limb into the human's chest without any apparent damage to skin or tissues. Through unknown means, they then extract the heart, killing the human instantly and turning them into a fellow shadow creature. The Foundation's online roster, scpwiki.com, claims 5,000 contained SCPs, with twice that many being assessed or classified as anomalous objects. Reading through these bizarre entries makes you wonder, is the Foundation just a web-based collaborative fiction project? How could these impossible oddities exist? But wouldn't that be the perfect cover for a real secret organization wanting to cover its tracks? What do you think? Is the SCP Foundation a real organization? Find us on Instagram at Straight Up Enigmas or Twitter at Straight Enigmas and let us know. You can also contact us through email at straightupenigmas at gmail.com or through our website, straightupenigmas.home.blog. If you like the show, please remember to hop onto Apple Music to give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast. 
This episode was written and produced by me, Jaden McKell. It was edited by Austin Blackwell. Our theme song, Straight Up Enigmas, was created by Chuck Flyer. I leaned on a lot of great sources for this episode, including articles and YouTube videos. So be sure to take a look at the links in our show notes. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on October 13th for the next episode of Straight Up Enigmas.